What's up, gamblers? Welcome back to episode 12 of the Bucket Podcast. On today's episode, a little bit of a curveball. Herndon is out sick. I don't know why he got sick. Who knows why? Hope he feels better by next week. But instead, we brought on a special guest a little late, called to the bullpen to talk about the NFL draft. Now, we don't get too deep into props or anything like that. If you want our information on that, just DM us or message me in some capacity or tweet at us. We'll give you our picks. Um, not really into the draft this year. It's more of baseball focus right now. I, I hate betting some of these props because they're all mainly gone now. High juice on all of them. I know I saw one where uh, Bama over two and a half players drafted, minus 180. Like, there's no point of betting that. Yeah, three or four of them will be drafted. But, hey, anyway, uh, I just want to remind you to follow us on Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, and Google Play, all at Book It Podcast. Just subscribe and hit the little bell in the right-hand corner to get notified anytime we post something new. We can also ask if you can leave a review on iTunes or Spotify so we know what we're doing wrong. We could make improvements as it's going on. Also, all we ask is if you can just share this with someone you know, your brother, sister, cousin, relative, dog, cat, fish, uh, co-worker, anyone that wants to get into gambling, learn a little something, send them our way. We're always willing to help them out. Anyway, let's get right into it with our special guest and talk a little bit about the NFL Draft. And now we'd like to welcome on a good friend of the podcast, uh, Mr. Trent Barnes, who's our NFL draft expert. It was a it was a late call at the bullpen. We decided to do this about what about two hours ago. I messaged you. Yeah, probably not even. Probably like an hour. <laughs> hey, but you're you. I feel like you're so well into the draft. You could probably do this on a whim, and you're not even gonna have to worry about anything. Big time, buddy. You know. It. Okay, so we can get into this. Um, where do you want to start? You're, you're the expert here. Where, where do you want to start? I guess just start off with quarterbacks. Why not? Let's get it right okay. off the bat. Yeah. Um, so obviously Kyler's going one, right? I would say so. Either the Cardinals or a surprise team, honestly, to trade up. Cause I don't be now, surprised if, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, that's, that's fine. Um, I was just going to say, do you, do you worry like about his size at all that he's, he might be just too hyped or at all? No, not even close. Cause if you look at it now, some of the small quarterbacks in the NFL, they're just, I th- I really think his best comparison is Russell Wilson and look at Russell Wilson now, highest paid player in NFL. So like, I really don't see uh, size really matters about that stuff. Cause like Drew Brees, like how long he's been doing it for, like I'm saying like college Knox, obviously he could have the potential, but like I'm not saying he's gonna be just as good as like Russell Wilson and uh, Drew Brees. But like this, I don't really don't think the size matters. He has the mobility to move around the pocket, and he could sling the ball too. So I wouldn't be worried. I really think if they had to do, teams had to go number one, it'd be Kyler Murray if you need a quarterback. And I don't think there's any other doubt. I I mean I agree 100. percent I just want I was trying to get your opinion on it maybe. See if you had anything different. I I agree too. Like I know the size is all, but it's it's. The NFL's evolving, if you ask me, and a guy that can get outside the pocket and move around. And I mean, we saw what he did against Al- even against Alabama's defense in that uh, in in that bowl game. And he was—I know they were down a lot, but he's able to get into open space, and he he doesn't take hits either. That's that's the good thing about him. I agree. Okay, so so we'll we'll, we'll leave Kyler as because he's we'll say he's the best one. So we yeah, he's in his own little tier up there. So. Uh, who do you have next? Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State. Really? Uh, yes. I just think the pocket passer, and he has like a cannon of an arm. So, like, I really think he's going to fit into a pro offense really well. I can see him succeeding with, like, a New York 
Or, like, I think that really New York would be the perfect spot for him because, obviously, Eli being old. But, like, he's just, like, the typical quarterback staying in the pocket, sling it downfield. You need one of those guys now in the NFL to throw a ball 40 times a game, 50 times a game close because it's a passing league. And I really think he fits up Bill really well. The only thing against him is that I don't think he's really consistent enough. But he'll – you never know. You could work that out over the years. I mean, I agree. I, I really never – I mean, uh, you know I'm a Penn State fan, so I obviously don't like uh, – I don't like a lot of these guys. But I'm not going to like a guy from Ohio State. But I'll, I'll tell you if I see true talent. I – I think he's good. I do think. I mean, he had almost five thousand passing yards last year. He had he had fifty touchdowns, only eight picks, one seventy four point one passer rating. He he's a good player. I he he I saw him against Penn State, who it wasn't the best defense he they played, but now State, right? they came into a. Mm-hmm. He did. It started turning into screen passes, and yes. I give the coaching staff on Ohio State a lot of credit because they found the weakness of Penn State, and that's how they, they beat him. But anytime he tried to go downfield, I his passes were just errant. And even in the Rose Bowl, I, I don't know if you remember a lot of that. He was he was missing guys that were that were open, and I was like, I, he just doesn't I, – I, I have a bad taste because I obviously came back and beat Penn State and everything. I just – I've been on the side of I don't like Dwayne Haskins this whole time, but he, yeah, he can prove me wrong, and I hope the Giants take him because I don't really like the Giants either. Well, that's the thing. If the Giants take him, guess what? You don't have to start him right away. He could sit behind Eli Manning, just build off the year behind him, just sort of like what Mahomes did with uh, Alex Smith. And like you see like the young quarterbacks do. Sit behind the vet, learn the game, and you come out your sophomore year and sling. I think that's the better thing for these guys too because I know getting thrown right into the fire can be good for some guys and it could help some guys. Like Baker last year, he thrived in that situation, but I think Baker was a different breed compared to a Haskins, who really only has one year under his belt. I don't know how you feel no, about that whole topic. There's just some people are meant for the spotlight right away. But I, I don't really see Haskins starting as a day one guy. I think he'll be drafted to a team that's looking towards the future, has like a really old vet, and just ready to go. I mean, and the good thing with the Giants is they do have Saquon there, so he has a running back that it's not going to be if, – if, say, the middle of the season comes, everyone's calling for Eli's head and they're like, put the young guy in. He's he's not gonna have to come in and sling. He's he's gonna have a consistent guy out of the backfield that he could dump off to. They could run and they could yeah. You know and what I mean? It helps that they're uh, finally starting to build a little offensive line. Remember last year, uh, drafting Will Hernandez in the second round, um, having getting Solder Nate Solder as the left tackle. I didn't know he he didn't really have that good of a year, but there's a reason why he was one of the top paid left tackles last year in uh, free agency. So like starting to build a line so he could be. Uh, Protect behind it helps a lot too. Yeah, I agree with that because I mean he's not that mobile. I know, I know. Uh, I guess it was Stephen A. or someone said he's he's a great running ability. But and he had like a hundred yards rushing or something stupid like that. And barely ran the ball. Yeah, well, he's he's not a he's not a running quarterback. You you want a that prototypical pa- pocket passer, like you said. I I do. If if he can show some stuff, I I think he could be a good quarterback. I know I I'm hating on him, but. I want to. I want to see how proceed, how he how he goes about how who he gets drafted to too. Hey, and don't forget too that just picked up a uh, first rounder. I think it what is it sixteen or seventeen. There could be another piece for the offensive line they could draft right there. Seventeenth pick. So there you go. That help him out a lot. Hey, that could. And then you know they they weapons wise, I know they lost Odell, but they they I mean they have they have Ingram there. 
They have Sterling Shepard, Golden uh, Tate, Sterling. They they have some weapons. Yeah. They, you're right. This could be a nice little offense for them if they could. You're right. Well, I guess you said before the podcast they were kind of blowing a little smoke that they might be looking DA yeah, or something. I remember reading a couple of tweets or something from I think Roto World might have tweeted something saying uh they were not going to take their Haskins fell down their board and they're going to look for a edge rusher or uh the end just the I don't know I really don't think it's true I think they're just blowing smoke just in case other teams are trying to trade up and stuff so who knows I'm I guess that could be a little bit of a tactic too because you could do that with like especially if they do that with even like the first pick and see what teams are going to offer because a team might be like oh well, what are you talking about? We're going to come in and offer this crazy deal that you, you can't Yeah, because up. you never know. Because I can see, I'm looking at the list right now uh, for round one at number 10 and 11, the Broncos and Bengals. I could see them trading up for a quarterback this year going up. And they, if they're thinking, hey, the Giants are going to pass, maybe just stand still because they got the Jaguars. After the Giants, so the Jaguars, Lions, and Bills, which Jaguars signed Foles, Lions have Stafford, and Bills just drafted Josh Allen last year, so maybe that's what their tactics may be thinking. I think they're just trying to make sure the teams don't trade up before them and get them. So. I agree with that. Let's let's move on to who's your third uh, quarterback? I got Drew Locke out of Missouri. I, okay, so, I, I mean, you know I bet a lot, and that's what this podcast is mainly around, but I don't know if you know this. Drew Locke against um, SEC – the Power Five schools, mainly SEC schools, his numbers are like dog shit. He he can't he his college career. Anytime he played a lesser school, a non Power Five school, he thrived. He was able to kill. He was able to pass for ungodly numbers and everything. But when he played big schools, he was an automatic fade if you're if you were betting against him. And he he just didn't show that he can he can play against bigger competition almost. Now that might change. That could easily change in the NFL if he gets drafted in the right system. And like again, I guess he he would be a guy that probably would benefit from sitting behind someone. Yeah, um, but I really think about Locke is like teams don't really out of the years. It's like teams only draft you if you're like a quarterback on potential and like what you can turn out to be. Like they know like what their ceiling is. And like Locke's a guy. He's a gunslinger, absolute gunslinger. He's like I, he reminds me of Josh Allen from last year. Like one of those guys. Teams oh, he could just heave the ball. Yeah, I agree just heave. With that. That's really it. And but like he could work on everything else. And I honestly think a perfect fit for him would be if the Broncos could trade up at number ten, and he sit behind Flacco for like a year, and he would just thrive. Because you know how Elway likes to go out and try to get his quarterbacks, but Paxton Lynch failed a couple years ago, and he's trying to look to redeem himself. Because I really think if Elway can't really do anything this year or next year, he's done. Because look what he's – he hasn't really done anything since what he got, he got Peyton Manning. That's it. He, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you there. Paxton Lynch was – I mean, but you, you give you give the benefit of the doubt. You give him a, a second chance. Like, even when he brought in Peyton, that was all well and good. He did recruit him. But bringing in Peyton Manning and bringing in a rookie are two different yeah, things. Yeah. I guess it's just saying, like, developing a quarterback. Because if he failed, he wasted a first-round pick that year. Paxton Lynch, I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. But – I honestly think Locke would be the perfect fit for that hot for the gun style quarterback play because they got a couple good receivers out there. Young ones they got last year: Court and Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton. They still got Sanders, so I guess 
it all just pans out to see how Flacco really does. But I think Flacco's just there for like a rental year, and they're going to draft the quarterback this year, which I really think is going to be Drew Locke. Either picking him at 10 or trading up to get him. I, I mean, I would like to, I, I would, I wouldn't mind to see him go there. You're, I mean, mile high. So, I mean, swing the ball even further. But I'm just looking at some of the stats here. He is, I guess he, he had the most interceptions. We were talking about this earlier, too. Out of all the, like, your top five, I mean, he has 39 in his college career, which, yes, he played all four years. Some others didn't. Does that bring any worry to you at all? I mean, obviously. Um, I'll give you the perfect example. Jameis, he had a lot of interceptions, and really look at him now. He's leading the league in, what, the past three years since he got in. The only one that has more is Blake Bortles. So, obviously, that could be a uh, signing factor. Maybe not to take him, but I really think uh, – they're just going to go off the potential and, like, what he could have, like, as a ceiling. I really don't think the stats really matter that much in college football. They just go off, like, how you measure and stuff. I I, I agree 100% there. And, uh, yeah, you're you're much more in-depth into these drafts. I'm just – I'm more of a college guy. I'm, I don't really – I pay attention to the draft, but I don't go as in-depth in yeah. as – The crazy thing is I I really don't even watch college football. I just love, like, when the season's over and stuff. That's when I start, like, just – researching a bunch of stuff and just like looking at mock drafts from other experts and stuff and that's how i just like figure out my knowledge on these players oh that's how you have to because these are the people those guys are the ones putting in the godly hours and then you could come in and you know what you're looking for and you, if you're looking for something that that they see you're like oh, okay well i know what i'm looking for then uh so are we at four who would be your fourth quarterback I mean, I really didn't know this man until like a couple weeks ago, but he's flying up the draft boards. I'm going Daniel Jones out of Duke. So I he, he's he's another guy that was there four years, and um, I mean, I'm a Duke fan. I just don't understand how this man's a first. I'm like looking at some of the stuff and how he's the number one, how he's a projected first rounder. I don't see anything that really jumps off, but I guess. And I saw something crazy there too. I was Amaro was looking at some mock drafts. Someone had him jumping all the way up to number one, which is insane. Which I just don't understand how this guy. But I mean, he does look at it about sixty-one uh, percent of his passes, twenty-two touchdowns this year. Um, he's a nice, he looks like he's a good skill set, strong arm. He has a uh, make nice downfield touch passes. So looks like good pocket presence. Will stay in pressure. And he uh, buys feet with his. He buys time with his feet. So I mean, that looks. That's all something you try to look for in your NFL quarterback. So I guess that's why he's just moving up. The the thing with uh, like a, a late move like this, you are right. He's he kind of wasn't anyone. No one really knew about him. He playing at Duke. They do run a pro set there, and I saw him in their in their bowl game. He he did impress me. He was a good passer, but the question came in: to What competition did he play? He played at Duke. Um, and sometimes, I mean, we can probably go through many examples of guys that start rising this late and it's all, it's all on hype and it's what people it's, he might've had a really good combine, but does that combine equal success? Like this could be a guy that we could look back in five years and say, Oh, he was, he was a bust because everyone went crazy about him for that two months, but was, he really wasn't that good. Just like Pax and Lynch, this literally just reminds you just about what Pax and Lynch was. Also, I see here he's six five, so that that probably helps him out a lot. The height in the NFL. These he's days. your prototypical quarterback, even though, yeah, this is basically what he's he is. your tall white guy that's gonna sit in there and throw. Yep, that's really it. 
Um, your fifth, are you going to West Virginia with that? Uh, I think so. I'm going Will Grayer, West Virginia. I know it sounds crazy. I don't really see him being a first-round draft pick at all. Maybe about a sec- late second round, third round. But I just feel like just like what he accomplished in college and just how he just – he loves playing in that type of – he likes playing under the heat and stuff like that. He could, He's, like, not afraid to show out any game. Like, that's what I'm just going with him with. He's a player. And also the – doesn't help. It doesn't hurt that he's a gunslinger, also too. No, that doesn't hurt anybody. Um, where do you think he would fit the best in that early, late first, early second round, mid second round area? Honestly, I don't really see him start right away. So like a quarter, so like a backup, maybe for like a team looking towards the future, like in a couple of years. Sit behind. I can see one team, San Diego Chargers, or LA Chargers now. I guess. I wouldn't sit behind Philip Rivers for a couple of years. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that one bit. They go there, or I can see. You know, there's talks every year about Patriots drafting a guy to sit behind Brady. I was just gonna bring that up. <laughs> um, I. But those are my two. Honestly, if I had to pick, if I had put money on one team, I think it'd be the San Diego Chargers. That to be honest, that does make a lot of sense because I mean Rivers has probably. Uh, three, two, three years, maybe two, three at max. There's no way he goes longer than that. I mean, he can't do anything in the playoffs, so they can go thirteen and three again, and we all know what's going to happen. But they do have a young team out there. I mean, you got you got Melvin, you got Keenan Allen. You you have a younger um, defense. I I do agree with you. A couple of years that he could be he could be like an Aaron Rodgers almost kind of sit behind some guy and and just get ready because. There's there's no way he'll be a day one starting quarterback. I just really don't think he's going. He he'll have to sit behind teams, or behind a quarterback. Oh, I 100 percent agree with that. I, I I mean he played in the Big 12, so I mean your your passing stats are going to be inflated there. They they don't play any defense, and I mean he had 37 touchdowns, only eight picks, 175.5 passer rating. So he can sling, but I think I think you're right. He's got to sit behind someone, understand the how to play pro quarterback. So one guy I want to ask you about, I mean, might be a little bit of a homer here, but McSorley, what round do you see him? Maybe where do you see him fit? Do you think he even has a chance? That's a tough one to be honest with you. I really think McSorley, he's a 100% a day three guy. I don't see him going any higher than that. Maybe a sixth, seventh round pick. I just had this conversation with my uncle the other day, who's a big Penn State fan. And I honestly, I if I had to put money on where he's going, he's going to be a undrafted free agent. He'll be picked up by a team on the day after the draft. I don't see him really being an NFL quarterback anyway. I just don't think it's there. Hey, if you're going sixth round, if you're going sixth round, I'm hearing <laughs> Tom Brady two point well, I don't know. I don't really see that anything in him. I just thought he was so bad at Penn State whenever I watch your games. I never thought he was anything uh, impressive. I think he got carried by Saquon. That's why he really had that good of a year. He, he's a trooper. Saquon. He is a trooper. I'll give him that. He is a trooper. Plays his ass off every game, but NFL quarterback, no. I, I, I agree there. I I hate to say it. If he wants to go anywhere, he's going to have to – he would have to change to, like, safety or something. And even then, that's even that's a long shot because he hasn't played that since high school. So, Hey, the XFL starting back up. Maybe he'll get a shot there. 
hey, maybe or maybe some team will will put him on as a as a backup or something, and he could be. I mean, hey, being a backup quarterback or a third stringer in the NFL is not a bad. Game. Hey, who knows? Maybe it'll be Taysom Hill. Exactly, getting the right system with the right coach you can find a special special uh, little. Uh, what's that considered a uh, little package for him? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, next no, next question I want to ask you here. I, I know you talked about this. Do you want to talk about like some second, third round guys that you think can really, after the draft, going into the summer, going into once teams kind of have them, they could they could maybe start be day one starters or even early season making a lot of noise early. Oh yeah, let me get my list up here quick. So I know you're gonna like this one. Uh, for my running back position, Miles Sanders. That man, I really think for what he did, he impressed a lot of scouts during his workouts. I can see him really moving up to being second, third round and challenging to whatever team he is to have to not start maybe right away, but to like be into the offense halfway through the year, splitting some carries. I just really think he could he could honestly take on a pretty nice little workload. And I, I guess the the NFL too is turning into that uh, running back by committee. So someone like him, even if he's only getting starting out with maybe five, six touches a game, and he can kind of increase to maybe a, a a ten to fifteen touch game. Yep. Maybe. Plus, he has such quick feet, hitting his cuts so fast, and obviously his forty time with a four four nine. He he he's gonna be. I really think he's gonna be a very good, not very good, but like a good average running back in the NFL, maybe even more. But I remember just seeing him rising up to uh, the draft board, so I could see him going early, early second round. I think could be his highest. Yeah, I mean, I did see a lot more of Miles Sanders than than a, a lot of other players. So once again, a little, a little homerish. But I, I always did like how he played. He he was always quick, and their offensive line at Penn State was never great. So I never put that too much on him. And filling in after Saquon. No matter what running back filled in there, there was every their comparison was gonna be like, oh well, he's not that good because Saquon was there a year ago. I, I is there a team maybe you have in mind that you think, or a couple teams that you think he might be able to fit in well with? For second round, I was honestly hoping Tampa Bay Buccaneers could scoop him up somewhere, maybe like beginning of the second round. Yeah, they need help with the running back position, but maybe like a. Uh, how about a, a team like maybe maybe the Bears? They just traded away Howard. I know they have they have Cohen out there, but they have Cohen. But he's he, he's like a little scat back. I don't think he could really handle the thirty plus touches a game. So they really do need someone like a power back to come in there. He would he'd be a nice fit with them. Young offense, get it going with Trubisky. Because Trubisky honestly needs the run game to help him out. He's not really that impressive in the passing game that could be a nice little spot for him oh i agree there with trubisky he's he's nothing he, he's a good quarterback but you're right he needs the complete offense around him and yeah he's he's just like a game manager just knows how he's like an alex smith just knows how to manage it yeah honestly the bears in the box honestly i think could be like the perfect two spots for miles sanders let's hope he goes to one of those and not new england because new england could probably work with anybody they already have somebody on the I – mean, I think they have a couple running backs already signed for next year. Plus, they have Sonny. Sonny's an absolute beast. So, uh, where else are you looking that second, third round? I know this is where sometimes teams find these these hidden gems that, that work, and people are like, well, why would no one see this guy? 
I was looking at a uh, receiver here, David Stills out of West Virginia. I can see him being a third rounder, maybe late second, third round, fourth round guy. Maybe jumps up. I highly doubt jumps up to the second round, but probably end of day two, beginning of day three type of guy. He's a big, he's big receiver, 50-50 target. Oh, yeah, he was always great, I mean, for career out there. I know they had, two years ago, they had an insane connection. I think they combined for combined for 30-plus 30, 30 touchdown uh, receptions there, those two. He was, and now, once again, big 12 guy, but you're right, he's that big guy on the outside, and he can maybe be like a, I guess, kind of maybe like a, a Compare him to like a Mike Williams on San Diego, like what he did last year, kind of a slow start, but then kind of works his way in. Yeah, hundred um, percent. He's like a big red zone weapon guy. Uh, the only thing about him, the little knocks, he's just not his speed could be a problem for him in the NFL about uh, creating separation. But he could be just like one of those specialists that come in, need goal line, need a big third down, long third down, maybe just throw it up to him. Which really, you find him something like that on the third. Uh, third day, uh, end the second day. I think it'll be all right for whatever team he ends up with. Yeah, that's a that's a guy that a team can look at that if a coach sees that and and yeah, I know you're 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 not having a your potential's a little lower, your ceiling's lower, but you have a higher floor with him because you know what you're getting with him. And you're right, he's a a short yardage guy, but someone like that, hey, if a team uses him the right way, they could they could find a little niche for him. I'm not even gonna say anything about the tight ends, but. I'm just putting this out there. Those two tight ends from Iowa are nasty. They are going to be weapons. Tight ends, liter- or Iowa's tight end you. It really is, dude. Georgie, a couple years ago, they have these two coming out now. These two. Do you think either of them can go first round? I think they can both go first round, honestly. It could be just like, a, what was that, 16 or 17 when Howard Ingram and uh, who's the other one? And Joku went first round. Do you think maybe New England could could take a shot somewhere there with one of them to try to fill Gronk's shoes? They signed it. Did they sign a tight end at all? I, don't, I really don't remember. They signed some bum that was not a they. They signed back Dwayne Allen. I don't remember. It was some. Uh, it was somebody else. It wasn't anyone crazy. I could see it maybe. Who else are you looking at in that? Uh. Even if fourth round, even if you have a fly, a crazy, crazy flyer, don't be, yeah. afraid. Um, don't be afraid to throw it out there. Hey, like like I said, we're 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 different here. We're we're not gonna just sit here and look at a draft board and be like, oh well, uh, Kyler Bosa, Josh Allen. Um, I can see two offensive tackles rising up the boards. Um, even though the one guy, he, I feel like I was reading a lot of stuff on Twitter that he could be this year's Colt Miller, who was an absolute bomb last year for the Raiders. That's uh, Titus Howard from Alabama State. I think he just really had like a good senior bowl night. He just ended up being like a just rising up the board. And offensive linemen are, are dime a dozen there. I mean, or not dime a dozen, but they're they're hard to find. If you can get a guy that. That's like a, a guy from there's probably got a guy to come in and work really hard and he he could you he I could see that working out for a team if he, right right uh mix there and he's the right right coaching blah, yeah blah, he's blah, just blah. he has great size and he's like a big uh, natural build but the only thing is he just lacks is he's just mobility but I was reading some stuff where him and uh another guy Dalton Reisner from Kansas State rising up the boards probably potentially first rounders. 
So just just a lot uh, offensive tackle love. No one really gets to talk about. No, I know a lot of people just they, they forget about offensive tackles, and it's like it's like these guys are more important than your quarterbacks, honestly, because if you don't have anyone to protect them, then how how are they? How do you expect them to be good? I got one guard that I wanted to talk about as soon as I got on here. It's Chris Lindstrom from Boston College. This man will be a problem as soon as he gets to the NFL. And he will be, I'm saying it right now, one day, possibly an all-pro selection. Oh, I'm holding you to that. That's Go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm just reading, since I started doing my stuff, how this man could be a very good player. He had an amazing combine. All the stats were top three in every one or top ten. I forget which one it was. It was just one of the best combines from the offensive lineman or probably the best combine. And on tape, he's just really good. He's a really good blocker. Um, you can tell that he's a pro caliber offensive lineman. And really, he's like – he honestly reminds me of uh, – I'm going to say it's Zach Martin. Wow. wow. So, I hope the man turns out to be because, honestly, he looks really good. And I can see him really jump up for the first round. If not, he'll be in the second round. But he's one guy that I I really hope the Bucks can somehow get him. He, he is a guy, someone like that, especially if he's that good with the stats and the film looks good. He's a guy that can sneak into that he, late, he'll be first round. late first round. Yeah. Even even like the teens, honestly, I can see him moving up. But that's just one guy I wanted to talk to as soon as we got, talked about when we got on here. Hey, no, but we're going we're gonna to keep that clip and uh, it's going to go on Twitter and for years to come. So <laughs> when he eventually makes the All-Pro or even beyond that, we're, we're going to say you called it first. So Sounds good. <laughs> All right, so this is the position that I think is the most uh, talented. It's the DNs and pass rushers. There's just so many good ones in this draft. And I think you could you could find some value here in the late rounds. I go off of some people. I'll have a couple names here. Like These are the positions that a lot of people, like they, they look for the, the Tom Brady's later, the, the big receiver, the big running back, but – you find you're right. You find the value on the defensive side or on the offensive line. This is where those teams that are that are there late in the season. This is this is what they do. They draft these guys late and they they build them up in the system. And all of a sudden, in three four years, you're looking. Oh, they're the staple of the offensive line, or they're a great pass rusher. They're great in the back end of the defense. One guy I have is Jock Polite. Polite. I don't really know how to say, it, but he's Florida. He's a edge rusher, really. He ran a four eight four. He's projected at one point to be a first rounder. He fell out, which I don't know why. I think it's because uh, how he's conducting himself with like the coaches, like when they got fired. I think in his one year, I forget which one it was. I think it might have been his junior. Wow, well, I, that's 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 so over over. That's the biggest overreaction, if you ask me. These which is which is the only reason why Ed Oliver's going to fall. And Ed Oliver should be a top five pick without a doubt. He looks like he looks like Aaron Donald. He really looked like Aaron Donald. I 100% agree. I saw a couple of Houston games this year, and the ones he played in, obviously. But I know they're going to freak out about the whole sideline issue and the coaches and blah blah. But that's a that's a guy that he wanted to get to the NFL. Once he gets to that NFL, he's he's not going to be a problem. The only thing about uh, Polite is uh, his character, like on and off the field at the pro day, was hurting him. And he had a, he didn't have that very good combine, so 
Honestly, that's one of those guys where you could find if they could play football, you draft them. Who cares about the lingerie football little stuff, whatever. If they could play football on tape, I don't I don't know why they drop like this. It's because he had one little bad combine. If you're that team that does take a chance on him, and yeah, I mean, your risk is a little more if he's a head case and blah, 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 blah. But if he works out to be the guy, like you said, that can play football, well, look at this. I just got value on a guy that should have been a top five pick. I got him maybe even teens in the first round yeah exactly you just find crazy value and who you never know like exactly who i do believe is gonna be a bust rashawn gary out of michigan why i don't think he I, don't, I really didn't think he was that good in college like i know like i was saying earlier college doesn't really matter but i know he has like that freak speed and stuff i just think that there's just going to be a couple of these guys that they're they're all over. The hype is just too much for them. I remember sometimes I've seen Rashawn Gary going top three, top five. I just don't see it in some of these guys. I mean, you said he was he's out of Michigan, right? Yeah. Michigan's always a they they always love a they always love pro guys out of Michigan on both sides of the ball because Harbaugh's there. That's the that's the reasoning. A lot of those guys get hyped up out of there. And now a lot of them do very well and they're very good, but. I think there's there's a there's a bias towards Michigan players. And like if you're talking about a guy going like that high, I don't think he's ever had even ten sacks in a season in college. I'm looking here. In 2018, he had three and a half sacks, and you're supposed to be going top five. Come on now, there has to be. I mean, oh, he's like the freak speed and stuff like that. But if you can't even produce in college, how are you gonna do it in the NFL level? I agree with that 100. percent Um. Those Clemson guys, those could be those guys could be problems all across the board. I know one of them. I saw a projection. Um, one of them going to Miami early, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure at one point they're all projected to be first rounders." I think maybe Lawrence might have fell out, and Wilkins. I think Farrell's should be a lock for the first round in the twenties. I mean, if you if you watch that national championship game, you just saw Clemson was the 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 better team and the pro team. You were like, "This team is." This guy, this team got some talent on them. Okay, and that wraps up the uh, our NFL draft expert here. Uh, just hey, Trent, thanks for coming on again. I know it was short notice. Uh, next time we get you on, we'll probably I'll I'll definitely be talking to you into this summer, and especially even even in the next year. I'd, if you want to maybe come on like maybe once a week or something to talk even fantasy or or NFL or or whatever. I know we're gonna be looking for a lot because I know next next uh, year during football season we're gonna have. We're going to want to talk college. We're going to talk, want to talk pro. We're going to want to talk fantasy. So we're going to need a couple different people. And if you're, if you're want to come on, believe me, I'll, we'll, we'll gladly have you back. A hundred percent, dude. This is, I had fun doing this. I never thought, I never thought I was going to be on here to ask, but short notice, but Hey, I like talking about this stuff for a couple hours here or however long we did. And I'll hundred percent be back on. Thanks a lot, dude. Hey, awesome. Once again, thanks. And, uh, I'll see you later. Have a have a good day. You too, man. Once again, we'd like to thank Trent again for coming on. I know it was short notice, but thanks again. Anyway, I can't leave you guys without a pick. So today, April 23rd at 10-10 tonight, the Mariners face the Padres. I see the Mariners around one plus 124 and the Padres about minus 126. I have this line around Mariners plus 105, so I'm seeing about 20 cents of value here. Give me the Mariners tonight. Strictly a value play. Always remember, none of these plays are guaranteed. This play could lose. The next one could lose. But my numbers say this should win about 64 to 65% of the time. I'll do it any day of the week. Just remember, when you're handicapping a game, always look at the other side that you're not on and say, why are people betting that? 
that question could put you on a play, off a play, or make you even more confused where you just stay away and save some money that day. With that, we hope everyone has a profitable week ahead of themselves. We also hope Herndon can get back on his feet and be back here again next week. Always remember, we bet numbers. We don't bet teams. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Got your mind, yeah.